Assalamu alaikum. May the peace that only God can give be upon you. Welcome to another edition of Radio Islam. This is your host, Tariq Alameen, and we are broadcasting on WCEP 1450 AM. And we reach the world by streaming live at www.wcev1450.com. If you are new to the Radio Islam family, we welcome you. Thanks for tuning in. You can keep up with us by following and liking our pages on social media. That's Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, where you will find us at Radio Islam USA. That's at Radio Islam USA. And remember, you can also find this episode and all of our previous episodes wherever you get your podcasts. So if that's SoundCloud, TuneIn, iTunes, or Google Play, you will find us at Radio Islam USA. Once again, that is at Radio Islam USA. So thanks for tuning in, as I said. Um, it's good to be back with you. And joining me uh, in the discussion we're about to have, because uh, we've got a lot to talk about, and it's just so much bigger than one voice. So uh, as always, uh, we have the impressive one, Ibrahim Beg, assistant producer, um, and uh, often corrector of my mistakes on air. Uh, yes, uh, want to give the salams? Assalamualaikum. Yes, yes. I missed the mistake last week. I'll tell you about it later. <laughs> I didn't get a chance to correct you like while we were alive. But yeah. uh, okay, I'm gonna give you an opportunity today. Okay. <laughs> and we also have uh, joining us a uh, special guest. Uh, we've heard her. We uh, have our book talks. Uh, it is the director of creative engagement. Creative engagement. Yes. Arya Siddiqui. What was that? My phone went off. Okay, so that's like the first rule of radio is that you silence your phone. It was silent. YouTube turned on. YouTube, okay, on its own. All right, uh, salam alaikum. Wa alaikum assalam. All right, thanks for being here. So, yeah, so uh, there's a lot that went uh, that took place over the weekend, and we're just going to dive right in. Uh, oh, before we get to talking, I'm going to tell the uh, Radio Islam family, if you guys want to let us know what you're thinking, tweet us, right? Tweet at us. Give us a... Shout us out, um, hit us on Facebook, whatever. All right, but let's first start out with the with Starbucks because I just got through drinking a cup of coffee. It wasn't Starbucks, but I think that's a good segue. All right, so uh, if you've been paying attention to the news, you saw that over the um, weekend recently there were two, if I'm not mistaken, there were two uh, two African American men who were asked to leave a Starbucks. Uh, who refused to leave, and uh, and from what I understand, it was because they hadn't bought anything or they asked to use the restroom, whatever it was. And uh, the police were called. Police came, got them. Uh, they were taken into into custody, and the end result was that the uh, the chairman of, of Starbucks, Kevin Johnson, he. He said that the, the incident was uh, reprehensible. He apologized to the gentleman. But since then, there have been protests. Uh, matter of fact, there are protests that are going on this morning. Um, wh- wh- where are we at? What, 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 do you guys, what do you guys make of this? Uh, is this something that we should be surprised at? Uh, is, it, is this actually – are you surprised? Who, who wants to take first stab at that? What did you think when you heard about it? I only heard um, pretty much what was in the headlines. I haven't seen the video, and I don't know the details. Mm-hmm. I read that basically the employees of the store were saying that two men came in to use the restroom, 
and they were denied because they hadn't bought anything. So according to the people who worked in the store, they the two men sat down and like refused to leave. And so that's why they called the police. And I don't know much of what happened after that, honestly. Okay. I mean, it's a question, am I surprised that people called the cops on two black people? No, I'm not. But I am surprised that if you watch the Starbucks video, there's two um, white folk who are arguing with the cops and asking why are these two men who are innocent, why are they being arrested? Um, And I was really surprised that someone would step up and use their white privilege in that way because, you know, they can argue with the cops because they are white because if someone else was to do a person of color, it might not go so well. So I was surprised that people are stepping up and using their privilege in a way that's positive and less like how we've usually come to attribute white privilege as. Hmm. Well, I know one of the arguments that was, that were made, um, that was made was that they would not have been asked to leave or they would, they would not, they would not have had the police called had they been, had they been white men. Absolutely. Um, And I'll I'll tell you this. I'm sort of I'm sort of tired or uh, I'm a little exhausted to be quite honest with you, right? Cuz I'm not I'm never surprised by this type of thing, but I'm exhausted at the constant cycle of these things happen and there's there's outrage and then these things happen and then there's more outrage. I just don't really have any outrage. I don't have any outrage left. That's just that's just how I feel. Not that it doesn't I'm I'm I'm, I'm good with it. But if there's no actual, if there's no change, if there's nothing that's really, if there's nothing that's put in place that is going to stop things like this from happening, what is the point? What is this exercise of outrage? What is the real, uh, what's the real, what's the, what's the end result? I mean, apathy kills societies, right? So if you're not outraged, I understand where you're numb or you're apathetic because nothing's changing. I understand that, but at a certain extent you have to keep trying but i understand when you're tired because sometimes you're just tired no and let me let me clarify i don't mean that i am i'm not apathetic right um i just feel that if you do the same thing over and over again you get the same result so a lot of my efforts have been uh they have been related more towards policy uh, uh, changes in awareness, um, awareness uh, where people realize they have a, they have a, they have agency, right? They're, and I think I'm at right Illinois Muslim Action Day. That to me is a good example of using your voices uh, in a way that's going to bring about some type of uh, an actual change. You know, you can't legislate hate. You can't legislate, you know, ignorance or you know. But you can put systems in place that um, that make ignorance and that make make hate or whatever it is you, that make those things uncomfortable, or uh, well, they're, no, they're no longer they're not in the interest of those who 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 might choose to exercise them. So, yeah, I'm, I'm not I'm not apathetic. I just I want to see more than just the march. I want to see more than just these flare-ups, right? They have to move along. So. Did either of you see the um, the CEO's response or hear it? I heard about it, mm-hmm. uh, that he was pretty shocked. And he basically, um, what's it called? He condemned the whole arresting them incident. Yeah. Um, that's all I know about it. 
Same. I'll say this to that, that we can't put ourselves in a position where we, where you, you know, you throw the, uh, what's it, you throw the baby out with the bathwater. Um, as a company, actually Starbucks is one of the companies that I, I, I appreciate their, their, the culture and the leadership uh, model. I do, I do. Aria's rolling her eyes. Uh, I hate so. Starbucks. You do? I mean, I'm not paying it's those over, prices for yeah, coffee. Yeah, that's exactly why. I, yeah, I'm not, not paying that much for, like, sugar. That's sugar. all it is. Like, their coffee, like, their white chocolate mac- macchiato or whatever, it's just yeah. sugar. So, okay, have you had the the blonde, whatever? The only thing I like is their flat white. It's just pure coffee with, like, a little bit of heavy cream. It's so good. Okay, so product aside. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> product aside when discussing a company. But, well, okay, this is what they say. They say they actually don't serve Coffee is not their business. They're selling an experience. Yeah, they are. Right? Yeah, that's what they're, they all say. They're, yeah, they're selling an experience. The white experience. Are you willing to pay for the experience? The white experience? Yeah. Have you ever gone to Starbucks? How, how many white people do you see compared to how many people of color? It depends on where the Starbucks is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? If you go to the Starbucks on, so in in the city, on 71st and the Stony Island, or 70, yeah, 71st and Stony Island, that's that's pretty much all black neighborhood. So, yeah, not many mm-hmm. white folks in there. Yeah. But Starbucks are also places where you will find diverse, at least I, I mean, I found diver, diverse crowds. I don't know. I go to Starbucks in the suburbs because a lot of times that's the only place to get coffee in the burbs. Like here you have options, but sometimes like in Naperville you really don't. Um, the only patrons that oh the patrons that I see are always like upper class white people, mid to upper class white people, and like sometimes the workers are people of color, but different mm-hmm. experiences. Also, I think your analogy where the Starbucks on Stony Island is predominantly black is yeah. kind of fallacious because wow. every business in that area is predominantly black because that's where the black community is. That's not how's that fallacious? And I might have to do a word check on you. That's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just throwing <Stop>. words out. <laughs> no, no. I mean, but, but what is that? What? That's just a bad analogy. That's like right. saying, oh, yeah, in Africa, the Starbucks are predominantly black. Not saying that Africa and, like, that. But you're saying. The area is predominantly how, how black. Does, Obviously, everything is going to be predominantly black. How does that negate black. the point, though? That doesn't negate the point. It does negate the point. Like, predominantly Starbucks are, like. Are in white neighborhoods. As the, are in white neighborhoods. And the people who go there are upper class white people because those are the people that live in those neighborhoods fine i see your point but okay i if if i could get coffee at the library yeah then i wouldn't have a reason to go to a starbucks or to any one of these places that sells overpriced beverages so you can use their wi-fi yep 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 yeah i mean but do you ever go to a dunkin donuts and you see how like it's kind of evenly mixed in a dunkin donuts like there's it's like an even amount. Like no matter what neighborhood the Dunkin' Donuts is, it's even. Okay, first of all, Dunkin' Donuts. Most most of, most of us don't really care about ourselves that much. So when you have that type of uh, um, type of vibe, these are people. They, they're not concerned about being in segregated spaces, right? Because you don't care about yourself. Because uh, are you saying Dunkin' Donuts be- is bad coffee? Because oh, it's, it's true. It's the worst. It's the worst. It's worst. Oh, my God. It's, but, Their but dollar the coffee is literally the worst. It's just. Their Amer- the Americano is good. The Americano is, is, is actually pretty good. 
Huh, I'm actually not a coffee drinker. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> so, yeah. That's like I'm, I'm out of this. Are area. you not Muslim? <laughs> like that's like a <laughs> <laughs> Well, um I, I drink I, I guess I I came up on uh, okay, we're 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 gonna we're gonna just kind of meander over into this coffee meander. general coffee um, discussion. The worst coffee, the worst coffee um, in the universe is Burger King's coffee. Oh, I've never even had that. Um, I was I was in school. I was working nights. Why do you hate yourself so much? You would have Burger King coffee. Oh, I didn't realize I hated myself. Mm. Not until I drank Burger King coffee. It solid. It, it it's never fresh. Um, it, it's old, and it's um, it's just terrible coffee. They're not they're not in the coffee business, and and they don't make any bones about it. Uh, so when you order the coffee, they say, "Are you sure?" <laughs> <laughs> they give you. A Is chance. this how you want to die? <laughs> yeah, they give you a chance to back away, but yeah, it's it's terrible. It's terrible coffee. Um, anyway. So let me go back to Kevin Johnson, who is, uh, is it Johnson? I think that, yeah, that's his name, Kevin Johnson. Um, so, yeah, he, he said it was terrible. He, he apologized to both guys on, on television. It's bad business. No, that's, that's really the, the bottom line. It's bad business. And I don't think, I think he did the right thing in apologizing. Um, but huh, at the end of the day, which is another statement or uh, phrase that I hate at the end of the day. You know, if you want to pay for overpriced coffee, somebody will sell it to you. Yeah, those are my my closing thoughts on that. Anything? Aria? I no? think Starbucks was wrong to call the cops on two people who are just sitting because if you're paying for the experience, I understand what you're saying. You're paying for the experience. They're not paying, so they can't technically sit. Um, but... I've been to Starbucks where I've just sat there and studied and not bought their coffee, and I've never had the cops called on me. Granted, I'm not a black guy, but still, I don't think like I don't think that they should have called the cops on but anyone. Is a, a South Asian hijabi woman? Yeah, and grown, <laughs> born and raised in Oklahoma. Yeah, uh, I have had you the. Should, yeah. You should know that the cameras were on you. Definitely, yeah. So they probably like checked my bag while I wasn't looking to make sure there wasn't anything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Explosive in there. Okay, we've talked coffee enough. So uh, the other thing that uh, that's there's a lot of buzz going around, and that is former FBI Director James Comey, um, his book, which um, you know people are talking about. And to be quite honest, I, a part of me also doesn't know, doesn't really know why, because uh, I think he. He brought himself to notoriety from a really bad, just a bad move from a lot of folks that are in law enforcement uh, who said that him uh, commenting on an ongoing investigation at the time he did with Hillary Clinton, that it was it was against policy, that there's not a there's there's not a precedent for that. Uh, And now he's now he's 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 crying He's complaining that he was all alone and he felt abandoned and that and no one loves him. Um, and that, you know, that, that Trump wanted to wanted a, a, a fealty from him. So now he's he's written a book and and we're supposed to what? Feel feel sorry or 
forget that he put himself in a position that that he's in with the, with that first with that first thing as far as the um, you know ten days out before the election. What did they mean when they say he commented on the ongoing investigation? Well, what they meant was that that was outside. Okay, first of all, they, what what they were saying is that there has been an I don't know if it's an unwritten rule or or a rule period, but there are no comments made politically, right? Thirty days out before a um, before an election, mm-hmm. the FBI it doesn't doesn't involve itself on that level. He said, well, "Go ahead." Well, the FBI is not supposed to take a political position for or against any candidate. That would be the understanding, right? Yes, that's true. But by his own admission, he says that he figured that uh, Hillary Clinton would be the next president of the United States. He had factored that in. Mm-hmm. Even as he also said, um, I didn't want to turn this into a partisan uh, thing. But he was quite aware, maybe it's a catch-22. I don't know, but he's quite aware that what he did would have political uh, implications. Mm-hmm. My understanding of the situation was that he was legislatively backed into a corner such a way where um, when these latest revelations came to him, he had no choice but to report it, but to uh, release it publicly or something like that. It wasn't so much that he was um, trying to sabotage the election or trying to, or, or just that he thought that it wouldn't affect the election or whatever, mm-hmm. but it was that he was legislating legally that he he was kind of in a situation where he had no choice but to do what he did. That was my understanding of it, but I don't know. Uh, and I've heard people, I've heard, uh, um, I guess, commentators and analysts that have been in that in that field that have refuted that, that said that he basically should have, you know, kept it moving, kept his mouth shut, uh, unless there was anything to actually report. But to report about an ongoing investigation that you can't actually give information about mm-hmm. in itself is, is is prejudicial. I don't know. Yeah. But I don't blame him. Right. No, I mean, I don't blame him for uh, for Trump winning. I don't. I'm going to so tell why, you what. Why, why do you think he did? Why do you think he did uh, make those make that announcement? I don't know, man. I think. Being on the stage is nice sometimes. I don't know. I mean, I don't know him. Just from what I've seen, I'm at a loss. I'm at a loss on that. I really don't have a good... I think there are a lot of factors as to why Trump won. And I think definitely he he had a big hand to play. Like his, like, alleged accusation that Hillary Trump... Or Hillary Clinton. Hillary Trump. Hillary Trump. Yeah. (laughs) Bid for 2020. (laughs) Um, like his uh, accusations against her did hurt her a lot and they d- that did pave the way for Trump winning I mean gr- there are other things as well but I think I'll go back further the sorry I didn't mean to cut you off the re- no I, I was just trying to figure out that if it's not the case where he legally was in a bind where he had to do that then what could have been his possible motivation because he was clearly now we know he was pretty much in favor of Hillary Clinton. He doesn't like Trump. He didn't like Trump. So he, we, it's fair to say that he wanted Hillary Clinton to win. So if, so he wasn't trying to sabotage her. That's kind of not possible. Um, so what other reason could there be for him to do that other than just 
he had no way around it legally. I think sometimes you just drop the ball. That maybe you don't you don't seek enough or the proper counsel. Uh, one of the things that he mentioned in the interview that he did on uh, I think that was was that ABC. ABC? Um, but anyway, he did a five hour interview. They condensed him down to an hour, and a friend of his was commenting last night. Yeah. Oh yeah, ABC. Yeah, and a friend of his was commenting that that um, about one of his remarks was he felt alone. Uh, and he felt like the weight of the world was, in, was on his shoulders and like everybody had turned their backs on him. Mm-hmm. And his friend said that these are situations where you rely on the people around you. You, you take their counsel. and uh, So you're not by yourself. You're not back into a corner. It makes, me th- it makes me think that he didn't, that he made a decision by himself uh, in a vacuum because had he made a decision where he had relied on the people around him or folks who, who also had past experience in that same position, then it wouldn't have been this, this feeling of loneliness. It would have been, mm-hmm. okay, I'm, I'm backed up because, you know, I have some support in the decision. It didn't come off like that. So I think maybe, maybe he just dropped the ball and overthought it and, and just and made a bad, and made a, a questionable I'll say a questionable decision. Um, and to Abraham's point about whether or not he was sabotaging, maybe he didn't mean to sabotage Hillary Clinton, but I think, personally think he did. Um, and in hindsight, he's realized that Trump is actually worse than Clinton would have been, and now he's regretting his decision. So now, from hindsight's pr- perspective, he's thinking, "Oh, maybe I didn't actually. Maybe I actually did support Hillary Clinton." But at that time, I remember thinking, "This guy is not Clinton's friend." if he's coming out with these like a couple of days before the election and the whole the weight of the world being on his shoulders but I think he just made a very emotional decision that he didn't logically think through and now that it's like now that like the chess board you can see it more into view he's realizing that he made a bad decision so he's backtracking and saying that oh I was actually on her side I didn't mean to sabotage her when in reality he made an emotional decision to sabotage her that's so do you really think he sabotaged her on purpose? Yeah, I do. Like he wanted her to lose? I think he wanted her to I think he thought that Trump would have been better, and he wanted her to lose. You really believe that? I do. What's the evidence for that? There's a the lot action. of... <laughs> Not the action. No, because the, the, that, doesn't, that doesn't count, because I'm saying that it doesn't make sense for us to categorize it as a sabotage against her when all that he said about it is it's clearly uh, demonstrated that he favored Clinton over Trump. Yeah, but people like say a lot said. of things, and you got to look at their actions. And if he's releasing yeah. these statements, knowing f- okay, this isn't something that he's naive about. There's an actual so you're thing called him red as a Trump October. supporter. He was a MAGA guy, not a Trump supporter, but definitely a a not a Clinton supporter. He did not support Clinton. He was not on her side. He might have been okay. To, to that, I, I'll say. Wait, this. wait, wait. I just want to say go also go for go him to like there is a there's an actual thing called Red October where things come out in October before the election. October surprise. October yeah. surprise. That's what it is. And he knows that movie. that is an actual thing. Like, mm-hmm. he knows October surprise is an actual thing. He's not stupid. And I think he meant this to be the October surprise. But everything you're saying makes more sense from my perspective, where the Republican, uh, the Republican in the Congress had cornered him into a kind of a legal you know, situation where he had no choice to do what he did. But so you're saying it's privy, not from him. It's they weren't okay. privy 
to his information, to his investigation, until he supplied that information. There was no, there was no, uh, a call for information from him at that particular point. My understanding was they made it so that if new information arose involving anything like that, that he would have to announce it publicly. Ah, uh, uh, that that kind of goes. I don't think he can twist the, his I've, arm like that. I've seen. Like the FBI director's arm, can you twist it like that? I don't know. We got to research this more and talk about it again. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And the reason I said that I would not blame, I don't blame, put the blame totally on him, is because the media, in general, leading up to that, throughout the the whole the campaign, had given Donald Trump countless hours of free uh, of free press. I mean, going to his his rallies and, and, and broadcasting them live. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> I mean, outside of, we're talking about outside of Fox. Right? So, they created, they gave all the, all the momentum, they created the, the situation for him to actually make it a real race. What Comey did in those last 10 days, it certainly had impact. But he didn't start, he didn't start at all. But he's not free from blame. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, he's not. Well, that's a different discussion. Okay, like there's many factors that led to Donald Trump winning the election. For sure, that's a big discussion. Yeah, but you can even Seth Meyers is complicit in that because he's the one who like during the White House correspondence dinner he was the one who antagonized Trump enough to actually run. So that that whole like who's to blame for Trump argument. Obama did the same. Yeah, so I'm saying who's to blame for Trump is just a huge. Yeah, but but in terms that's of that's a podcast a in itself. The factors that actually yeah. caught, tipped the scales in his favor in the election. What? I mean, just in that in itself, how did what factors led into what factors tipped the scale in the favor of Trump as far as on election night and before leading up to election night? Yeah, that's a big discussion. Yeah. What motivated him to run? That's a whole nother requires a psychoanalysis of you know. Um, but yeah, yeah, he he realized he couldn't fight. He could not fight against the office of the presidency in any other fashion than becoming president. Mm-hmm. So well, yeah, Ugh. but just as far as Comey goes, yeah, I'm still not buying what Arya is saying about <laughs> Comey in a red hat saying MAGA. Um, I, I'm not saying he's going around screaming MAGA, but he's definitely not going yeah. around screaming yay. Clinton. He's not in a power suit being like, yes, Hillary. Um, I think he was... He's definitely, yeah, not MAGA, but he definitely was happy for Trump in the sense that if... and Because if, backing up... Pence was backing up Trump, and all these Republicans are backing up Trump. So I feel like he thought it wouldn't be as bad as Clinton. Go ahead. Okay, this I was I see what not, you want to say. No, 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 no. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, okay. we weren't going to talk about this, but we got to throw it out there. Coachella. Where has well Coachella? But before we get to that, where has Mike Pence been, and why has he been yeah. so low key? So, read us on family. Uh, we're just talking about people. everything. Lizard people. Okay, we're we're just talking about <laughs> about everything. Uh, we'll be back in just a minute. Streets below. 
traffic had stopped. Pedestrians were lying on sidewalks and curled up in doorways. There was no sign of violence, no wrecks, nothing like that. It was as if the people in New York had simply decided to stop whatever they were doing and pass out. Ice coated my stomach. The invasion has started. To find out what happens next, read Percy Jackson and the Olympians by Rick Reardon. Explore new worlds and check out more cool books at your local library. And visit read.gov. Brought to you by the Library of Congress and the Ad Council. A boy born in Joplin, Missouri was fascinated by anything with wheels and a motor. The odds of him going on to fascinate millions with his talent, one in 260,000. The odds of him having 15 career NASCAR victories, one in 1.7 million. The odds of a child being diagnosed with autism, one in 88. I'm Jamie McMurray, and my niece has autism. Learn more at autismspeaks.org signs. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. My name is Sue Smith. I'm 38 and I work at a graphic design company. And the teenage me would tell you I wouldn't be into drawing and art if it wasn't for Big Brother's Big Sisters. My big sister showed me early on that I could do anything. And to the young me, that meant a lot. My big sister's name is Sheila, and Sheila is the reason that this 8-year-old grows up to have an amazing job as a graphic designer. Whether you donate money or time, you're helping Big Brother's Big Sisters help a child. Start something today at BigBrothersBigSisters.org. Brought to you by Big Brother's Big Sisters and the Ad Council. Foreclosure is hard on every member of the family, but your family is not alone. If you're struggling with your mortgage, there is help. To learn about the government's Making Home Affordable program, visit makinghomeaffordable.gov or call 1-888-995-HOPE to speak to a HUD-approved housing counselor. It's free of charge. Visit makinghomeaffordable.gov or call 1-888-995-HOPE today. Brought to you by the U.S. Treasury, HUD, NeighborWorks America, and the Ad Council. Welcome back. Welcome back to Radio Islam. This is your host, Tariq Kalamine. I am joined in studio by Ibrahim Beg and Ari Siddiqui. Uh, we have been talking about quite a few different things um, Mostly politics stuff. Uh, but before we get back to that, if you are just tuning in, we are obviously broadcasting on WCEV 1450 AM. You might be listening to our live stream at www.wcev1450.com. Keep up with us on social media by following and liking our pages on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Radio Islam USA. And that's also the same handle that you will find our podcast. Wherever you get your podcasts, you will find us at Radio Islam USA. So uh, we closed out the last segment um, talking about Comey and his and his uh, motivations. Um, but there's something that I'm I'm thinking about, and that is the absence of 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 Pence of Mike Pence. He's been really low key. Uh, as a matter of fact, like the real well, they said he was going to be Trump's replacement at this. Uh, a conference or some some type of gathering in uh in South America that Trump decided not to go to when decided on the military strike in Syria, but before that, we had not heard about him. At least I hadn't heard about him. Really hadn't seen him in the news since he walked out on a NFL game. Yeah. Right. That's so, been a while. Yeah. So here's here's my theory. They have been hiding Pence. They've been keeping him under wraps because they know that the 
impending impeachment of Donald Trump, that it is coming, it is on the way. And they want to be able to present somebody who looks like, even though they're obviously number two in line for the presidency, uh, ran on his ticket with them, but they want to present somebody who looks like they are not a part of the, the corruption, not a part of all the tweets, and that's, that's not Trump. So they want to slide him in and present him as a, as, as, as a, as a president that people can feel, can feel good about. That's my, that's my theory. Who do you mean by they? Well, you know, the infamous they. Uh, <laughs> you know, they, they keep up a lot of stuff. They, they do a lot of stuff. The Illuminati. <laughs> now what? Well, I think the, uh, the Republican uh, yeah. Party, the, the, the leadership itself, uh, the, the, the big donors, um, they've, I think they saw him as, as but, plutonium, right? We don't know how it's going to work, if we're going to be able to harness, uh, you know, his powers, um, or if he's going to poison everybody around him. So we need to have a, a fail. So we need to have a backup. Yeah. I think by they, he means like the grand old party Republicans, like McCain supporters, those people. Like, for them, Trump is crazy. Like, mm-hmm. the idea of Trump and what he represents isn't really what they feel should be with the Republican Party. But they have that, to some extent, they have that faith in Pence. So the, the distancing of the two, I think it's a strategical move to make sure that Pence stays pure-ish. And he's not tainted by, like, Trump's actions. It's an interesting theory. But I don't think I've seen... um, I don't think I get a real sense that the Republicans are expecting Trump to be impeached on the one hand. And on the second hand, what Arya said, the whole Never Trump movement, I think, kind of fizzled out when he actually won the election. Mm -hmm. Because the... The, the, the whole motivation behind Never Trump was that this guy is going to lose to Hillary. He's such a terrible candidate. Mm. Um, that's why Never Trump was a thing. And also because, I mean, some social conservative issues maybe a little bit. But I think the Never Trump movement kind of pretty much died out on election night. Um, so, yeah. That's why I'm having a hard time believing the theory. But it's interesting. Who knows? Well, I don't think it's so much the, the Never Trump movement. I think what it is in, in politics, everybody plays the long game. Um, you take your short-term wins, but you're also looking at, even if you, you win this election, everybody was talking about 2018 last year. Mm-hmm. So um, they're looking, how do we hold a majority, but also how do we make sure we hold the office of the presidency? And if you have a president who uh, who is embattled as is as he is and becoming more and more so uh, a guy who won't listen to to legal counsel he won't listen to people around him or a guy whose legal counsel itself is now under uh under investigation it just it 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 paints a really bad picture so i think that there there've always been folks and and this is what i believe i believe that that dossier mm-hmm. that was was talked about you know, with you know the the whole number two, uh, number one, excuse me. Um, I think that stuff that the our, our um, senators, Congress, the whole, I think they are aware of that stuff. If, if there's any truth to it, there's there's a group that's aware of that, um, and as and and acting according to that, they say, well, what do we need to do just in case, in case things get worse. 
and and that's why I see Pence mm-hmm. his you know his his lack of visibility as a reflection of that. I don't think and I don't I don't think that there are no coincidences in, in politics. Uh, nobody accidentally becomes president uh, or sure? wins. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, this was this was a coordinated effort. I mean, it's it's sadly hilarious uh, as it is. It was a coordinated effort between all of our major uh, media outlets. Uh, it was a it was a coordinated effort to to make him a viable candidate. Trump? Damn. Yes, it you was think coordinated. The media outlets wanted Trump to win. I think what they did, and this is a very American thing, is always what are your economic interests. It has nothing to do with what is moral or you know what's what's ethical. Yeah, ethically right. It's about what's going to bring in more advertising dollars, and he is. He's a walking spectacle, right? Wow. So why not why not cover him? And not thinking that or forgetting the, the first rule as uh, one of my favorite authors, Terry Goodkind, he has a book where he it's called um Terry Goodkind. Terry Goodkind. He wrote The Legend of the Seeker? Yes. Oh my gosh. Every female character in that book is written yeah. from a male perspective. There's no female voice in that book. Everything's super like I don't okay. know if time I can out. say this time word. This, 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 wow. Um, <laughs> but, yes, so, anyway, uh, one of his books, he has this rule, says uh, the first rule is people are stupid. And they, the media, you know, these, these guys, uh, they forgot that this is usually true, that people will leave their intelligence at the door. But people what are that, stupid. What does, what, how, so how do you even know who Jerry Goodkind is? Because I'm a really smart person, and I'm really... I, oh, boy. You can talk to me about anything, and I'll know stuff. Oh. Okay, but anyway, back to your point <laughs> about people are stupid. Yes, I understand people are stupid, but I don't think it was a coordinated effort of the media to like put Trump into power. Mm-hmm. I think it was the fact that people are stupid, and they're just like, oh, this seems like it's going to be fun. Um, like you got back, away from them? Yeah, yeah. Back to Ibrahim's original point. Mm that I have now lost train of thought of because I can't get over the Terry Goodkind thing. What, what did you ask? I said, uh, I don't know what you're referring to. I said, first of all, it doesn't seem like Republicans are mm. expecting Trump to be impeached anytime soon. Yeah. And second of all, oh, because the Never was. Trump okay, movement okay. Yeah. isn't really uh, a big thing anymore. Okay, well, the point I was going to make is maybe because we are so... I mean, I don't know how you are, but I feel like I'm a little anti-Trump. Just a little. Just a tad. A smidge. Right. Okay. Maybe because we're so anti-Trump, we're looking for connections within the... Trying to figure out why isn't Pence visible. Like, we're looking for that connection. But in reality, was Biden really visible? Was Al Gore visible? Was... Right, like, I understand my, they were doing yeah. a little bit of things more than Pence, but that's probably because Trump is so visible that the little things that the vice president does just kind of gets overshadowed. That was actually um, my third point. So, yeah. yeah. The, every vice president, to some extent, is like a plan B. Yeah, it's a plan B. Like, thing. yeah, Biden did some stuff, but he wasn't more like. more visible yeah. than others. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, there's certainly, like, Dan Quayle, for example, was, he was a little bit visible, but he was not. He was assassination insurance. Uh, Yeah, I mean, he wasn't really, yeah, president material anyway, um, seems like. Because the only thing I remember... Al Gore was a little bit more visible. Um, Biden was a little less visible than Gore. It depends on the Um, the timing. I feel like the only thing about Biden I remember is, like, the romantic adventures him and Obama went on. Like, I don't really remember him doing anything with policy or planning. Like, it was, or foreign or anything. It was all like, oh, hey, there's... 
Yeah, I think that's right. He would he show was kind Obama of like stuff. and bro- like, yeah. yeah. He was like the. It was all the memes, the bromantic memes. But but I still think he was certainly uh, more substantive. Um, and he he was not invisible. Oh, and Cheney. The only thing I remember about Cheney is Halliburton. He was the Cheney was he was the president. Cheney was the main guy. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, he was very visible. Yeah, yeah. You don't get a name like Darth Cheney. Darth Cheney. Yeah. Yeah. He wasn't in the spotlight as much as far as like trying to be in the limelight, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, he, he was like was, the controller, the puppeteer. Yeah. yeah. Everybody knew. <laughs> mm. Poor Bush. <laughs> and he would get angry. Bush, would, he would get angry when. That was uh that was that was uh suggested. Mm-hmm. You know. Is Cheney really running things? <laughs> Get out of here. Yeah, but I agree Pence has been a little bit more um kind of invisible than other vice presidents in the past. Mm-hmm. Um but I don't know if that's owed to anything else or is it just owed to him being, you know. And know, and in the shadow of somebody who is constantly, even aside from being the president, mm-hmm. which is gonna put you in a new cycle. But just you know, somebody who is thrusting himself in there intentionally. Um, and he doesn't seem like someone to me who seeks the limelight either. Pence himself. Like, he wasn't even there when the Syria decision was made. Like, he wasn't in the Situation Room. He was overseas. I don't know. Um, do you, White House Press Secretary Sarah... Sanders. Sanders. She tweeted out this picture of, like, the Situation Room when um, they decided... Syrian aspect and it has Pence in it and then someone retweeted back that's not the picture that because Pence is actually overseas right now and I thought that was South America anyway go ahead that is overseas I wouldn't figure it overseas okay Okay. well out of the country yeah all right whatever (laughs) okay there's still a Caribbean Sea you know you have to cross over okay all right all right um and I just um this is actually a sidebar but to go with the whole like machine that put that is working right now to make sure trump is like who he is when it was when this the situation room picture of when osama bin laden was declared dead like that's so iconic and so they tried to recreate it except she tweeted out a picture that they wasn't even it wasn't even a factual picture of the event and that really bothered me like as somebody who likes journalism and who likes facts and who likes figures it really bothered me that she would tweet out a picture saying it's of an event when it wasn't and when you lie for a living it's very difficult to keep your lies straight but be better at it like be better yeah yeah. i'll I'll, I'll agree with that that was a sidebar that i was gonna make not that has nothing to do with pence but the whole like machine that put that is making sure that trump is a thing but here's the question for you now for both of you and me, do you think? <laughs> and you, um, if an impeachment does occur, do you feel safer with Trump as president or with Pence being the president? Trump, definitely Trump. <clears throat> safer in the sense of like being in a fight and someone being blindfolded and just swinging at you wildly. They might hit you at, at some point. <laughs> That's Trump. You're a pinata right? now. Pence, on the other hand, would surgically just like just take you apart, right? Everything he he, he does yeah. is is would be with intention and uh, and, and purpose. Trump is going to accidentally, he, you know, if he's a guy without the impeachment, he would accidentally get a few things right, accidentally, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's also the the great possibility he's going to do a whole lot of damage as well. That sounds like a drive-by versus a serial killer. Like, who do yeah. you want? At what point? Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, I kind of agree with the idea that Pence would be possibly more dangerous. Maybe not so much because of him himself. Mm-hmm. Maybe that too. But more so, even more so, because he is more capable of working uh, smoothly and working absolutely without conf- you know kind of in cohesion with the bad elements in the Republican Party. Mm-hmm. With Trump, there's some dissonance there, and it's kind of uh, yeah, it's not a very well-oiled machine going on between the Republican Party, Congress, and the presidency. With Pence, I think that machine. If you believe there's a evil machine going on there, that it becomes more well oiled and more efficient. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I mean, because he's held elected office, he's yeah. dealt with you know the the structures of, of government, and if you ever hear yeah, him talk, they'd be right ahead. Yeah, if you ever hear Pence talk, he has the charisma of a dictator, and that's like he could tell people what to do and they would do it, and it's kind of a scary thought. Mm. Um, when you talked about the machine, yes, this is. And I don't know if we talked about this when it happened or not, but um, somebody put together, I don't know if it was BuzzFeed or whoever it was, but they put together this video with all of the Sinclair Media Group, all their stations, repeating the same script. Did you all? You all yeah, I saw that. I didn't yeah. know if it was true, but I did it's see true. that. It's true. Yeah, it's yeah, true. It wasn't, I was like, it wasn't it's true. BuzzFeed. I forgot who. It was just some yeah. uh, random, like, some, yeah, somebody like, random YouTube user or something like yeah. that, I think. Now, speaking of the machine, I think this should be concerning. I mean, really concerning for everybody. And we, we talk about democracy and freedom of speech and, uh, and how valuable it is. But when you see something like that, uh, where you have all of these, these, news, these newscasters in these uh, different locales and repeating the same, the same script, that should scare the crap out of people. Yeah, that's very 1984. Yes, very yeah. Orwellian. Yeah, Orwellian. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, as an asterisk to that, yeah. the terms, people will never stop using the terms democracy and free speech, no matter who you are. Yeah. Right? These terms are always going to be used by whoever it is. But um, it's our responsibility to be able to look deeper and see what's actually going on. And you know what that requires? That requires effort, which our voter turnout um, statistics indicate that as as a whole we are not willing to put forth mm-hmm. um yeah no i don't know uh, also if uh tribune media because the thing was if sinclair buys tribune media which oh is my god yeah i have a story about here, that then it's gonna they're gonna have like even more control of all these other stations yeah. so i don't know whether that deal went through or not I, Wait, I, I, st- I think it's still it. under negotiation. I heard this in my apartment building on the elevator down. So Tribune Towers is bought out technically, and they're turning the whole towers into condominiums, and they're making Tribune move to the Prudential Tower, but they're keeping the Tribune Towers name, and they're turning that whole like gothic, beautiful structure building into like rental apartments. Wow. And I thought I was like, isn't this something UNESCO needs to stop? Like this is a heritage site. Like no, the Tribune can, Towers they can do it if. They uh, maintain all the structure, the outside structure, and they don't change the building, and they don't change the name. That's what's protected. I don't think the function of the building is protected. Damn, that made me so sad. Because that's like, I don't know, that's like a Chicago landmark. And, like, when you look at the building, it has all these, like, different, like, stones from, like, 
the pyramids mm. of Giza, and then all the states have like contributed a stone. I just think that's the Taj Mahal is there. Yep. Like, how cool is that? And now some it's going to be some of us won't won't change. Uh, it's like younger people will call the Sears Tower. I, s- I still call it the Sears. Yeah, Tower. I, I don't call, call it the Sears the Tower because I don't like the Sears Roebuck company. Never call it the Willis Tower. Yeah, I man, just, I don't do that. Literally, everything you get at Sears has slavery stitched into it. Like, I'm sorry, we can make that, that argument just Sears about Tower. everything. No, I hate <laughs> Sears. We don't Tower. shop at Sears. Okay. Just kidding. Do whatever you want. Yeah, we, we can make that <laughs> argument. Well, they just closed down. They're closing down their last I store. I think they're. Yeah, they're. Thank God. They're on the way out. Well, you know, it's funny. I was a mechanic for Sears. Um, Sears Auto. I ran a few of their auto centers uh, years back. So, got a nice Sears connection, but um, everything changes, but I'm not going to call Sears Tower, Willis Tower. Just mm. do it. it just sounds wrong. It's whack. Yeah, it sounds very weird. It feels yeah. very weird. I can't yeah. do it. To your point, Arya. Also, the John Hancock isn't called the John Hancock Tower anymore, but people still call it that. What do you mean he's not? John Hancock, the insurance company, took the names out of the tower. There was a fire two weekends ago. No, no, no. There was two for uh, for a week. There were two fires within the John Hancock, and the John Hancock is an insurance company, and they decided to just take their na- name off the tower. So now it's called 175 East Delaware. That's a stupid name. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. <laughs> but there's I have like no part of that either. <laughs> and also, the Standard Oil Building is called something. I have a friend that works. Oh there, yeah, that's actually. been changed. It's called something else. I forgot what it is. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. So. That's a stupid name. But at least we still have the Ibrahim's Trump Tower. Oh, <laughs> yay. Oh, Just God. Kidding. So God. exciting. You know, the um, Panama City Trump Tower actually changed their name. They were like, nope, they just took the Trump out of it. It's they did the same thing in uh, somewhere in Canada, yeah. I think. They they had one, and they said, we're not going to call yeah. it that. Or Also, talking about Trump Towers, whenever the Knicks, the basketball team, whenever they travel, they refuse to stay at Trump Towers. I just think that's kind of cool. That is. Go Knicks. That is. That is. You know, I've got a lot of buddies that that uh, that worked on Trump Tower. Uh, wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't work there. But anyway, uh, last thing, because we are winding down, Coachella. You yeah. brought it up. I brought it up. You brought it up. And I saw, uh, many many of us saw the, the video. Well, I saw Beyonce's performance. Yes. A bit of it. That's which is great. I'm really proud. Like, I'm really happy, super stoked that Beyonce was headlining Coachella as like female African American artists, which there aren't a lot of. But I'm glad she was like headlining it. But people need to understand that the people who own Coachella support Trump. So when you're paying like four hundred, five hundred bucks to go wear headdresses and be racist at this festival, you're supporting Trump. Like, you need to understand that. Like. Your power, your the dollar has power, and where you choose to spend it, like it definitely has an effect. So um, that was my only issue with Coachella. Like, yeah, you're woke for understanding that Queen B is headlining Coachella, but are you really woke if you don't realize that Coachella supports Trump, like mm-hmm. directly, like not okay. even like, yeah, okay. subtly, right, just straight all right, up. All right, settle down, settle down. Terry um, <laughs> and, and what I. I found to be uh, one of those little tidbits that Coachella is actually a misspelling of the town's original name, just Conchilla. Right? Yes, we all cared about that. Yeah. Yeah. It means uh, it's like uh, tiny seashells or something like that. That's what it, mm-hmm. it means. There are a bunch of those little sh- shells there, whatever. But anyway, now 
$400 for a ticket, um, general admission to get in, which means I would never go. I'm just, I'm not dropping $400 for, I'm just not going to do it. No, I wouldn't even go if it was free. Wow. <laughs> of, course ah. you, of course you wouldn't. Well, okay, well, you know, Ibrahim has a different playbook on this one, but. Would you go to Burning Man? I appreciate I Burning Man. I appreciate them because they leave the space just like it yeah. was before they left. And to me, that is a very That's super Islamic um, concept. Uh, Which, when I went to Arihat Halal, and whatever, I went pretty late, but it was literally a pit. Like, there was garbage everywhere, and I was so disappointed in the Muslims who came here and just left trash behind them. Like, clean up, pick up after yourselves. There was, like, napkins and, like, all this nasty stuff on the ground, and it made me really mad. I'm sure it got cleaned up before the next morning, but just sure. as you're going about your day and you drop something, pick it up. Now, okay, with with that, we we could get into another segment about Team Super Petty. Yes. Um, did we we talked about the superpowers before? Did we? Did we talk about this? I don't think so. Okay. Well, all right. Well, it, it, it's a, it's a set of superpowers that comes to punish people who who uh, <laughs> commit acts of ignorance in public. Um, those people who. Who, who choose to speak loudly on public transportation, uh, Captain Headshrinker comes along and turns their head into a, a grapefruit-esque... Um, Solid. Yeah, size head. Uh, <laughs> and it's, it's just for a little while. Where are we getting all this? I don't know. The, the imagination of dark. Oh. Yeah. yeah. That's what I said. There's a whole... There's, there's another... Wow. The other conversation we have to have. <laughs> it's not. But my only point was, I, are, I, it's, I heart halal. Be halal and pick up after yourself. That's it. Yes. All right. Thank you. Okay, Rito Sound family, we have come to the end of another, uh, I guess, enlightening, a spirited conversation. I enjoyed myself. Hope you all did as well. Uh, signing off for uh, the impressive one, Ibrahim Beg, our assistant producer, Arya Siddiqui, our creative. director of creative engagement. engagement. Such a fancy title for such a tiny simple, person. Simple person. No, <laughs> we want to thank our engineers over at WCEV for making sure we come through loud and clear. We thank our executive produ- producer, Abdul Malik Mujahid. Uh, I'm your producer, Tariq El And with that, we're going to wish everyone a great evening. We're going to leave you as we greeted you. Assalamu alaikum. May the peace that only God can give be upon you.